To be an ambassador meant to face outsiders, and Tia was well prepared for it. There was the overpowered, heavy, high-caliber pistol ever strapped to her right thigh. Sure, it was filigreed with brass and polished wood inlay, a gunsmith's masterpiece. But it was still able to stop many threats in their tracks. A similarly crafted but functional blade swung from her hip. And then there was the flamethrower strapped to her back. This was not so much for threats, but for contraband and outside material forbidden in the abyssal city. Today, she'd taken the elevators up the edges of the ravine that cleft the ground all the way down to the hot, steamy streets a mile below. Overhead, tall, wrought iron arches and glass ceilings spanned the top of the ravine, keeping life-giving air capped in. Up here, near the great airlocks, the air bit at her skin, cold and low enough on precious oxygen that you sometimes had to stop and pant to catch your breath. Ambassador? The port specialist asked, his long red robe swirling around the pair of emergency air tanks he wore on his back, his eyes hidden behind the silvered orbs of his rubber face mask. His voice was muffled and distant. Are you ready? Proceed, Tia ordered. Today they examined the long segmented iron parts of a train that hissed inside the outer bays. The skin of the mechanical transporter cracked and shifted, readjusting itself to pressurized air. From the platform she stood on, she surveyed the entire length of the quarantined contraption. It had thundered in, unannounced, on one of the many rails that crisscrossed the rocky, airless void of the planetary crust. It was a possible threat. Time of arrival, the port specialist intoned, and turned his back to her to grab the long, levered handles of an interface set into the wall. He pulled the right handles, pushed in the right pins, and created a card containing that data. Length, Tia called out. She bent her eyes to a small device mounted on the rim of a greening railing. One quarter of a mile, one main motor unit, three cabs, no markings, black outer paint. Behind her, the port specialist clicked and clacked the information into more cards. A photograph was taken, and the plate shaved down to the same size as the cards and added. A phonograph was etched into wax of the sound of the idling motor that filled the cavernous bay. All this information was then put into a canister, which was put into a vacuum tube, which was then sucked into the city's pipes. The profile of the visiting machine has been submitted intoned the port specialist. We wait for society's judgment, replied Tia, and pulled up a chair. She sat and looked at the train, wondering what was inside. The reply came back up the tube 15 minutes later. The port specialist retrieved the card. What does society say? Tia asked. There is a 70% threat level, the port specialist said. Time to send them on their way, Tia said. I will help you vent the bay. But the port specialist was shaking his head. The threat level is high, but the command on the card is to allow the visitors into the sandbox. Full containment protocol. Tia groaned. This is the worst possible timing. I had a party I was supposed to attend. The port specialist shrugged and checked the straps on his air mask. He snugged them tighter as if imagining the possible danger of the train to be in the air around him, right this moment. And I have a family to attend, he said.
but we have a higher duty right now. I was going to be introduced to my cardmate, Tia said. The first step on a young woman's life outside her family home. The great machine had found the person best suited for her to spend the rest of her life with. It would disappoint her family and her friends that she would be stuck in lockdown in the sandbox with some foreign peoples waiting to make sure they cleared quarantine. The port specialist handed her the orders. Verify the orders, he said. Tia looked down at the markings, familiar with the patterns and colors after a lifetime of reading in society code.